In preparation for today's message, we shall be reading from the book of Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 and verses 17 to 19. May I repeat? Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7 and also verses 17 to 19. Please open your Bibles to that portion of scripture and join me in reading God's word. Let us all rise in reverence to the word of God. Remember those who lead you, who spoke the word of God to you, considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Verse 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this, so that I may be restored to you the sonar. The title of today's sermon is Leadership Accountability found in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 and then verses 17 to 19. The author explained that leaders who take care of God's flock are accountable to God. The author was referring to spiritual shepherds, in other words, pastors, teachers, and elders. The author also explained that the members of God's flock, the readers of the letter, are accountable to their leaders, reflected in the instruction to obey and submit to the leaders. So here we see that God holds the leaders accountable to him to take care of the flock, and at the same time, Scripture holds the flock to follow, to obey their leaders. The flock is accountable to obey and submit to the spiritual leaders. Every believer should submit to God's sovereign authority. God expects His people to express their submission to his word and to his leaders who deliver the word. Take note, we submit to the word of God. The word of God contains the will of God. The word of God is deli- delivered by spiritual leaders who should carefully study God's word, word and deliver it accurately, as accurate as possible. First point is imitate, obey, and submit. Strong words, by the way, especially in modern society where many hate leaders or hate to submit or hate authority. Um, The societies in the West question their authority in a manner of speaking There is some good to it. In a manner of speaking, there's some evil to it as well. 
there must be a careful mix of how we question and we should question in the proper way and on the other hand to question it in the right perspective everything according to God's word not according to what we think not according to what we feel even but according to God's word alone the author instructed the believers to remember the leaders who taught them moreover the believers should reflect on the way of living of the leaders and imitate their faith let's read verse 7 of chapter 13 remembering those who led you who spoke the word of god to you and considering the result of their conduct meaning their behavior imitate their faith let's look at this remember who those who led you who spoke the word of god so they spoke the word of god they taught the word of god to you but not only that so you have to remember what the word that was taught the word that was taught and then what their behavior their behavior so it's their behavior the word of god they taught and their behavior now if you see that what they teach and the way they behave seem to be aligned it says here imitate their faith imitate what imitate their belief in christ and their belief in the word of god it means imitate what they believe in god's word so again the word of god is central here remember who those who led you these could be people who are still here or people who have gone away but their lives are worthy of of imitating because you saw their behavior and you heard what they taught again what they taught and their behavior then what do you do just appreciate them oh how nice they have a they have a wonderful life they have a wonderful family clap 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 is that it we just appreciate and say how amazing God's grace in them or should we say well scripture tells us to imitate which means what we have to ask we have to ask what do you believe or we listen carefully and follow what we can follow as even Paul said follow me as I follow Christ so which means we look at the areas of the lives what they taught and how they lived and we have to be inspired even curious how did you grow what helped you grow not just staying at a distance and just wishy wishing i hope i grow like that someday or i hope my family is like that someday no this is proactive what do you do you imitate their faith why you cannot copy behavior without knowing their faith you cannot copy their behavior without knowing the word of god in their minds the very reason how they grow to be such it's not automatic so it's good to consider remember reflect even the dead guys i recently bought a lot of books for gcf with your giving through your giving um i asked permission from the eldership can i buy books because i want to build a library and we shared this to you during the membership meeting 
And um, a large part of what I bought were books about the men of God and later on the women of God. So that what? Many of their stories I have read already and they have inspired me deeply. From, from the likes of Martin Luther, John Calvin, from the likes of George Whitfield, John Wesley, from the likes of Ch uh, Charles Spurgeon, and on and on and on, we've got Jonathan Edwards. We have Susanna Wesley, the mother of John Wesley, and so forth and so on. Remember how they lived and what they taught. Remember their behavior. Imitate their faith. So it's really follow the leader. But not just follow the leader. Follow the leader who speaks the word and what? And lives the word. Nobody is perfect. So every time you look at somebody, there is at least some flaw you will see. Paul the Apostle uh, even had this, this uh, sharp argument with Barnabas because he didn't want to take along John Mark because John Mark seemed to be weak. He left halfway. And Paul said, I don't want him in my team. But later on, we would read in the epistles that he reunited with John Mark. Maybe he realized that his previous position was wrong. So even Paul the Apostle had some, we, we could say probably he was wrong during that time. Of course, we know Peter who denied Christ. We know of Abraham who lied and said, she is my sister. We know Moses who's supposed to be the meekest man on earth lost his temper. Therefore, he was not able to enter the promised land because, a moment, because of a moment of disobedience. We know of David who committed adultery. We know of these people who were not perfect, yet predominantly their lives were in faith towards God. So when we look at these leaders, these may not be perfect. That's why it says imitate their faith because the behavior will follow once you understand what they believe. Remember that the word repentance is a change of mind, which is so much related to the meaning of faith. Faith is believing in God, in Christ, in what he has done. Faith is relying on that truth. Now, repentance is changing your mind. That's why they said these are two of the same kind, like two sides of a coin, but it's the same coin. That's why where you see repent, you can put the word believe, and where you put the word believe, you can put the word repent. Because if you know how they think, what they believe in in their hearts, then somehow, perhaps, the behavior, the habits will follow. I always say the way you think is who you are. Who we are today, the sum of who we are today, is a series of thoughts. And those thoughts led to decisions. And those thoughts and emotions led to words that may have strengthened relationships of broken relationships, uh, stuff in our past, in our mind and emotions, whether we are anchored on God's word or not, that may have led to compromise or obedience. Again, what should we be imitating? It's their faith, what they believe. That is why. That is why what? Spiritual leaders must be teachers of God's word. 
And this applies also not only for men leaders, but also for women. As you see in, in, in Titus, Paul said to Titus, tell the older women to teach the younger women. So there is a part where, where they have to know what it means to be in the family, but more so about God and the gospel. There are many preachers today who believe that their wives should know theology, and I am one of them. And I praise God that the whole family is inspired to learn slowly but surely. And we want to invite everybody because the study of Scripture, the study of Scripture is essential. And I hope we embrace that. We are not those who what? Uh, we hate being smart because we think we're not too smart. So we do smart bashing. And that's what the insecure people do. They will do smart bashing. Oh, I don't like that because I don't know that. Yeah, I know. That's why we have to start from ground zero. We have to start. We have to learn and relearn. It says imitate their faith. Furthermore, the believers should obey and submit to their present leaders. Let's, verse, let's read verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. In verse 7, we saw that we should remember what? Those who spoke the word, who taught the word, those who proclaimed the gospel and taught the word of God, and then reflect on their way of life. They may not be perfect, but predominantly they have faith in God, and predominantly they obey God, imitate their faith. Now, that's one reason. Imitate their faith because they spoke the word and they lived the word. Now, here, we have to assume in verse 17 that they are this, these people in verse 7 as well, that they teach God's word and they live God's word. But it says here, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls. Now, do we obey everything? What if a certain leader abuses his spiritual authority? That is possible, and we should watch for it. We do not obey leaders who abuse their spiritual authority. What does it say here? Obey your leaders and submit to them, because what do they do? Aside from verse 7, as qualifier, there's another thing. They watch over your souls, which means... Spiritual authority should be used by the spiritual leader for what? To improve what? The state of our souls. So when, when a, a leader says, read your Bible, finish the whole Bible, we have to obey that. We don't take it as some from a, from a human being. We take it as if it is from God because Scripture says, because it's what? It's the for the good of our soul. If a leader says you have to be faithful to the small groups, you need a small community of believers who pray with you, who study with you, you have to have that discipleship, then that must be obeyed because that is in the Word of God. The leader, what does the leader do? They speak the Word of God, they live the Word of God, and they want, they take care of your souls. So when we say, well, Pre-pandemic, I say a few things you have to do. Seldom miss a Sunday. 
listen to the preaching of God's word. Number two, fellowship in your small groups. We call them growth groups or house churches or discipleship groups. Be consistent there, weekly if possible, if not every other week. And third, join the prayer meeting, which is a bigger sacrifice because at 6 a.m. in the morning. That's a far cry from the 4 a.m. in with other churches who have their dawn prayer at 4 a.m. For they watch over your souls. And sometimes we can be very specific. Spiritual leaders can be very specific about sometimes life and family. When we have to say, you need to forgive your brother. When we speak to a brother who has issues with other brothers, we have to say that. And when we do that, we have to believe the spiritual leader must believe he is representing the word of God. And if the word of God is being spoken by that leader, then what? Obey and submit to the leaders. Obey and submit. If ever you question, what do you use? The word of God. If you think the command, if you commit the, the instruction is not biblical, then but make sure you studied carefully by context and your position is not a wishy-washy position. You know, some Christians, they twist scripture. They're like false teachers to bend to themselves. They even go from one church to another hoping that they would meet a pastor who would agree with them and finally they can stay. But you know what? They never stay very long because they want all the pastors to agree with them before they settle down, that it doesn't work that way. When the Word of God says something, we have to be the one to adjust. If you look at the word submit, another way to express the word submit is not only to be accountable, but to learn to adjust. So obey and submit also may, means obey and adjust to your leaders. Why? Because they watch over your souls and they are accountable as those who will give an account those who will give an account that's why i don't like anybody to be a pastor or elder who does not handle a small group because they have to know how to be accountable to a few people before we make decisions for the whole church community what kind of wisdom shall we share if we don't even know how one person can grow? Unless we know how difficult it is to make people faithful, to just to meet them on the very same time. Do you know how difficult it is? It's very difficult. That's why I say you, you, you want to lead. Lead one person consistently, then a few people, you'll find it's not very easy. And if you can't do that, please do not be so proud and arrogant about your opinions. Don't be. Don't think you know church very well because you read a few books or you have your own little experience. Unless you see the transformative power of the Word of God in another person's life, how they are transformed by the power of the Word and by the power of the Spirit. You have to witness that. You have to be a vessel of that. A vessel of God for others. Reflect on them. Follow what you can follow. Squeeze it. Everything you can get. What you observe in their lives and the instructions they give. Get it. 
squeeze it, absorb it, maybe somehow it will change your life. God can use that. Imitate the faith of godly leaders. Obey the leaders and submit to the, their spiritual authority, which is rooted in the word of God. We must understand that godly leaders should not entertain strange doctrines. Verse 9 says, do not be carried away by varied and strange teachings. So we believe that we have to understand the Word of God in its context. We are contextual students of God's Word. We don't just take a verse and give our opinion about it. No, no, that's eisegesis. We practice exegesis, which is what? Allowing the text, the meaning of the text to come out based on the literary context and the historical context. If we understand that there's more meaning, we see the, the, the words to be more clear. And we don't separate these verses because, like I always say, once upon a time, the Bible had no numbers. If you read a book, you don't separate a paragraph from its chapter. You understand the whole chapter. Therefore, you understand the purpose of that paragraph. That's why whenever we study a verse, we always connect it to what the immediate context and the context of Hebrews and then the New Testament and then the whole Bible. Not just get this verse and get that verse and get that verse. That is a recipe for a possible false teaching. And many, many preach that that way. I'm just happy that I'm, I'm teaching doctoral students, doctor of ministry students, and I'm glad whenever, when I challenge them about certain things which are cliches, I said, uh, how, how did Jesus tell us how to preach? And I, I show Luke 24, and I say, are we that obedient or is there a difference? And some of them realize, oh, there's a big difference. Because Jesus said, you have to, you are witnesses of my suffering, death, and resurrection. And then proclaim repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And that's a direct command to all the nations. And Peter and Paul testified that I have preached everywhere, he said, proclaiming repentance and faith towards God. Are we emphasizing on this or something else? And I said, there's a wrong emphasis in the past hundred years, which is on the word Exep, which is in John 1.12, is more of a descriptive rather than a prescriptive. It's easy if I'm speaking with doctors of ministry students who understand interpretation of God's word. When they get challenged, they try to search. And they try to challenge me as well, but then I'm happy because they realize, oh, right. So I said, let's question everything. Based on what? The word of God based on its context, the meaning based on the context. So obey your leaders, but do not obey false teachers or leaders who are careless with the word of God. Do not allow strange teachings. For example, many are saying there's a revival spreading around the world and it makes you laugh and you cannot control it. It makes you roll over. Although I believe in revival and the moving of the spirit, that kind of revival is a big question mark for me. And by with enough research, enough research, there are scholars who were able to link it to the Kundalini in Hinduism. 
where it has exactly the same manifestation, but it is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. The same experience. And they believe they are spiritually possessed by a God. One must imitate, obey, and submit for the glory of God, not for any other reason. So we imitate their faith. We obey and submit for the glory of God because Scripture says so. Not for any reason. Not because the leader is inspiring. No, that's beside the point. Imagine me to be the most boring preacher. If I'm preaching the Word of God, then we have to follow the Word of God. It doesn't have to be inspiring or charismatic. If the Word is carefully taught with conviction, if he really believes what he's preaching, he may not be the most gifted orator, but that is clearly the Word of God. For no other reason, because that is the Word of God, we obey and we submit. But if you submit for human reasons, uh, because that preacher is friendly, uh, that preacher smiles a lot, or for other reasons because I like him, or uh, for reasons, these are human reasons. And these human reasons, if that's the reason why you obey and submit, then that those are weak reasons. The reason alone should be because the Word of God is preached. And I believe in the Word of God, therefore we submit to that. Simple as that. Now, the human tendency is to rebel against authority. But if the motive is for God's glory, then submission to authority, spiritual authority, is possible. How is it possible? By the grace of God alone. Humans are normally rebellious. We want to do our own thing. So after a leader says something, we'll quietly do our own thing. If the scripture is very clear, please follow the scriptures. I say to children, honor your father and mother because that is what Scripture says. So that all may go well with you and you may live long on the earth. So it is true. The reverse of that is true. If you do not honor your father and mother, then the possibility of not all may be well with you. That is one of the checklists always. It may not be the reason always, but that's always supposed to be in the checklist. Because that is what Scripture says. Next point, accountability and joy. The author gave three reasons why we should submit and obey. They watch over the souls of the flock. They are accountable to God. And so they would serve with joy and not groan. In other words, groan here in this text, the, the Nasbi used grief, but it actually means a sigh. <sighs> a sigh of disappointment, of frustration. Don't let them get to that level. Because that is unbeneficial for the flock. Let, let's read the whole verse 17. Let's from the start. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. 
Let them do this with joy, take note, let the leaders lead with joy, and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. The word grief is translated groan. It's also translated with a deep sigh. <sighs> so when it comes to following the leader, don't let them experience this because that is not beneficial. Now, that, that's a loaded word because the blessings of God that flows through also flows through a spiritual leader, and that's how it works. God gives authority. God gives his anointing or unction and the Holy Spirit that flows through him or her in the body of Christ, in the growth group as well. And I would extend this even to the growth group leaders. Please do not abuse. Only share using God's word and not your own opinions. Primarily God's word first. It is not beneficial for the church if the leaders are depressed. Well, on one sense, make sure your leaders are not depressed. On another sense, leaders must be careful not to be depressed. <laughs> so I tell leaders, please do not ever be easily depressed. We have to learn to gain our strength from God as David did in a crisis situation in 1 Samuel 30. I just remembered because I taught that crisis leadership where he was in deep crisis, and the scripture says he strengthened himself in the Lord. Another translation says he encouraged himself in the Lord. When there, there was nobody to encourage him, nobody, everybody turned against him, David. He encouraged himself in the Lord. So I say to leaders, you have to learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. Find your strength in the Lord. There will be times nobody, no human will encourage you, and you are alone in your grief. So I say, avoid being depressed to and leading the flock because that's unbeneficial for the flock. In the same way as the leaders try to take care of their own emotional health, leaders must be careful. I mean, members or the flock must be, must obey and submit so that they can do their work with joy. I don't know if you experience being a parent when you're, child obeys and they reap the fruit, the blessing, because they obeyed you, then you are so satisfied as a parent. Oh, that's because you know how to discipline yourself now. That's why you reap some, some success in your academics, for example. Or, or they're trying to learn a craft like singing or, or music, and because they're disciplined, they're reaping, and the parents are happy because the child applied what they taught him or her when they were young. The same way when a teacher is, is uh, seeing that the class, the students are fully grasping it and, and uh, developing a passion and curiosity about learning and the subject, the teacher is so happy as well. They do it with joy. When the teacher says, read this and, and analyze it, and the student says, sir or madam, wow, it was wonderful. The learning was fantastic, and that brings joy to the teacher. So it's the same way for spiritual leaders, only this is more important because this is about eternity. Eternity. When I see a disciple proclaiming the gospel and there was somebody who believed, the joy in my heart cannot be described in saying, Amen, Hallelujah. That is the work 
of the Holy Spirit. So application, appreciate the leader's accountability to God. Yes, we are accountable. That's why, please, just obey and submit because we are accountable. Okay? And do not make it difficult for them to lead you. Don't make it difficult. Making it difficult for them will not be beneficial for you. Instead, help your leaders serve with joy. Serve with joy. I remember when my wife and I were starting here and I said, well, back to basics. Let's lead for the people to finish their Bibles. And number two, small groups, prayer, and then expository preaching, chronological exposition. Basics, fundamentals, and that's, that's what we need. Through these very simple fundamentals, we grew by God's grace. Many lives were changed. However, <laughs> making it happen was very difficult. When I would set a meeting, let's meet as a small group. When you invite here, before, there was a lot of hypocrisy and, uh, and lack of integrity. What do you mean? What is integrity? What you say and do is the same thing. That's integrity. So they say, I'll be there, but they don't show up. Last minute, then they give a reason. Something came up. And I wanted to say, so you think this is not more important than what came up? Is that really an emergency? What if I keep thinking that way every week? As your leader, something came up. I'm not available. Something came up. I'm not available. And when you need my help, you need consultation and counseling, I will tell you, sorry, something came up. Or, I surrender my time to the Lord as my worship, and you do the same way. We do it for God. I sacrifice my time for you. You sacrifice your time for the group as well, for the glory of God. It took a year, a year before people learned priorities. Set the time and schedule around it, but protect this time. On the first year, I wasn't very happy. In fact, with some people, I totally said, no more. It's when you ask for me, that's when I'm going to look for you. Because for a year, for a year, I gave time, but there are others whom I could have given my time to. And then I started with newer people who learned how to respect spiritual authority and therefore the growth group of the men began and it became stronger and stronger because there was a new batch of people willing to follow. Simple as that. But flimsy reasons really are disappointing for us. Are, are, are you? When will you mature spiritually? Huh? You've been here for what? How many years? You see, when we begin feeling that way, we are sighing and when we're like that that's not beneficial for you specifically remember that we don't want to be that 
but that can happen. We want to be as patient as we can. But you see, why, why I have limited time. Everybody has limited time. Why not give my time to this group of people who says, we want to learn. If you give us your time, we'll be there. Versus somebody who you keep inviting and always giving a reason not to be there. That is disappointing. It's not beneficial. Why? Let me continue. A true spiritual shepherd feels accountable to God for the members of the flock. Therefore, every godly leader desires all to grow in the knowledge of the word. We want everybody to grow in the knowledge of the word. And for everyone to grow in the full stature of Christ. That we grow together. Learning to love one another and then learning the truth of God's word. That's Ephesians 4. 11 to 16, you'll see there the importance of being equipped and growing in, into the full stature of Christ and not being easily be deceived by false teaching or every wind of doctrine. And then we are fitted together speaking the truth in love. That's what we want to happen. And we want them to equip to proclaim the gospel and what? Make disciples. You know that that's a harder part to do. We can proclaim, but to invite somebody to our particular time and to be consistent. Can we meet? Can we meet? Can we meet? Can we meet? I'd like to say to you, it's not as is easy as it looks or it sounds. No, it's not. We feel accountable, and we should. We want everybody to grow. GCF has a motto, and this is a motto not only for Naga, but for the GCF churches. Know Christ and make him known. And that's what we want, that we all know Christ and we make him known to others. Now, uh, disobedient members make it difficult for leaders. If leaders direct the church to read the whole Bible, attend small groups regularly, study God's word, participate in prayer meetings, and learn to bless each other in his name, members should follow. But stubborn members who will not. You know, I, I, I preach in the pulpit. And sometimes, you know, I have to make it personal for others to follow. And I don't like that. I have to tell somebody I have preached for years that you have to be, have a growth group. And I say, why haven't you had a growth group until now? And you're, you're one of the oldest in this church to have grown in this church. Do you, you still even respect the pulpit or the authority of God's word? Now, when I became personal, they started doing it. I said, you don't need me to be personally telling you. When I tell you here, it's as if I told everyone personally. I'm sorry, I'm not frustrated with you. This is history, okay? I praise God for the many who have believed and grown. Grown, G-R-O-W-N. But sometimes 
I still groan, G-R-O-A-N. Sometimes I still groan. Why? Because we want what? 100%. We want 100% reading the Bible, growing Christ, faithful in small groups and discipleship, 100%. Learning to forgive one another, 100% proclaiming the gospel, making disciples, 100%. That is our desire. And lastly, pray for leaders. The author attested that they have a clear conscience and expressed the desire to conduct themselves honorably in every way. He sought prayer to be restored in fellowship with the Jewish believers. Let's read verses 18 and 19. Pray for us, for we are sure that we have a good conscience, desiring to conduct ourselves honorably in all things. And I urge you all the more to do this. Do what to pray so that I may be restored to you the sooner. From obeyer leaders, now he was referring to himself also as one of the leaders. Pray for us. And I believe it's the leadership. Could be the leaders in their locality and himself or with his team. Pray for us. And what does it show us? What does the text show us? The writer of Hebrews wants to have fellowship with those who've read his letter. And that's what we may desire with spiritual leaders as well is to fellowship with them. Fellowship with them. Application, pray for church leaders consistently that they may always have a clear conscience. Yes, pray that we have a clear conscience. We are not perfect, but we strive in everything that our conscience is clear. That we may live honorably in every way. Pray as well to have meaningful fellowship with them and imitate them as they follow Christ. Meaningful fellowship. Friends, fellowship. Fellowship with your growth group leader. Or you can request the growth group leader of your growth group leader. You know, that's how we work, right? Where I have leaders I develop and they should all lead small groups. We call them growth groups. And each one, one day, should learn to handle at least one disciple and then grow it to, to a few. Uh, but then you can make a request. We, we want to meet more of the leaders. We want to fellowship. And, and, and that's a fine thing. And so what do we do? While there are leaders whom we can imitate, although they are imperfect, let us desire to have fellowship with them so that we can learn from each other. Now, spiritual leaders should maintain a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in the name of Christ. Only by grace can this happen. Thus, we should pray for our leaders continually. We have elders, we have pastors, at least two of us here are pastors, and we have growth group leaders or disciples. Pray for them continually. Every day, if you can. And we also pray for you as often as we can. Now, the other decide to be restored, which might mean fellowship with the believers. And I believe that is usually what it means. Pray that I may be restored to you. Perhaps the author was on a long journey or something was preventing him, yet he desired fellowship. And that's one characteristic of godly leaders they want to fellowship with God's people. 
and we should treasure every moment of fellowship we have with godly leaders. There is much to learn and much to observe. Take note. Learn and observe. Don't forget verse 7. Remembering their conduct, what you have observed. Again, nobody is perfect, but we should still learn from them. And what? Imitate what? Their faith. It's the faith. Not on the externals. It's the faith mainly. So that's why we want to fellowship because it's not the outside we're observing mainly. We want to observe what? What they believe, what they're going to say. How did they get to this point? God is good. And this is God's will for the church community. Because members should not come like they attended just a worship service, like a religion, and then you go home. No. The church is a living, breathing, spiritual entity. You have, you will experience spiritual things in the word of God, and that your learning can be shared to others, even to your leaders, and we can learn and be inspired. In the same way, we share God's word and some of our experience there with the hope that we are modeling properly, with the hope that we can say, follow me as I follow Christ, even though we are imperfect human beings, I would like to say, follow me as I follow Christ, because largely leaders should be confident to say that they are modeling God's word on the earth they live and for their community. And that's the toughest thing as a father and as, uh, as a church leader. It's to be a model, to say to children, follow me. Imperfect, but in large faith is solid and obedient to God. So may we all grow. So I have this poem I'd like to share with you called Spiritual Leaders. Blessed with godly men and women. They teach the word, we say, Amen. We observe their good behavior and their firm faith in the Savior. Imitate their faith, Scripture says, we shall follow at nothing less. Obey your leaders and submit. Trust in God's word, then just do it. God holds leaders accountable. That part is undeniable. They equip and they disciple. They teach the complex and the simple. Let them serve with joy and not grief. Don't steal their smile. Don't be a thief. The blessing you will surely lose, pretending looking for a ruse. You will end up always confused and conclude your life you misused. Instead, Give joy through obedience, then you'll inspire their confidence. Let us all rise and let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this evening. And we pray in the name of Jesus, allow us to obey and submit to the leaders you have set before us. Allow us to reflect on their teaching and their lives and that we may imitate their faith. Teach us to appreciate the accountability they have before you and make us 
understand that we are accountable to obey and submit. And teach us that they may do this with joy and not with grief or groan or sighing or frustration because it is unbeneficial for us. But instead, we should pray that we would be able to fellowship. Pray that, that the leaders live honorably, that the leaders would always have a clear conscience. And we pray, Father, strengthen this church community as you will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good night.